Hi everyone, it's Shireen from Spill the Tea and uh, today I'm actually joined by a really special guest. I'm very excited to be joined by Tori from Ready to be Petty podcast. Thanks Tori for joining. Um, yeah, really excited to have you on today. I think we, I mean, if for those that haven't listened, but uh, just from my perspective, I mean, it covers basically everything from like celebrity gossip, pop culture, reality TV. Um, and yeah, you've been going since, is it about 2018 that you started your yeah. podcast? Yeah. yeah. Cool. And yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if you want to give a quick summary. Totally. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I started podcasting in 2018. Mm. And I talk about a lot of celebrity gossip, mostly people in North America. I live in Canada and I'm obsessed with Hollywood and yes, stuff like that. Me too. <laughs> and I love uh, watching reality TV and kind of discussing mm. obviously the drama that goes on, but yeah. also, yeah, like the social implications mm. of it or just like the the way that it can dictate our culture and our norms. So yeah. um, it's mostly lighthearted. It's, a, I would say, a comedy podcast, but we do sometimes talk about real life things yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, I, I think, um, that's really exactly what I want to do today. Um, we thought we'd start off by talking a little bit about Claire and Dale from The Bachelorette or the well the latest season of The Bachelorette and and what's been going on with them because I know you've covered that on your most recent podcast or you've talked a little bit about that um and then we're going to basically be talking about um kind of the Britney Spears situation that's kind of I guess currently unfolding right now um with the free Britney movement and um the conservatorship that her dad's got her under um and I think yeah like basically like what you said I think it's really good to kind of ground them in into kind of real life situations or our personal maybe experiences um of of what you know even if we're going through similar things or similar topics or themes that, that they're going through themselves um, and just applying that to real life. So, um, yeah, because there's always like a lesson learned in there somewhere, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to discussing those couple of things with you. So I think we'll start off chatting about um, Claire and Dale uh, from The Bachelorette. I'm from the UK, um, as, as we were talking about just before I started recording. Um, and if any of my kind of listeners are from the UK as well, they may not be up to date with the latest series of The Bachelorette. I mean, you can probably summarise this better than me since, you know, <laughs> this is your world. But I mean, in it was a hot mess. I mean, yeah. last season was just a hot mess. I think it was like four episodes she covered um, <laughs> yes. and the normal one is like 20 so she yeah I, I mean again yeah feel free to oh, summarize it I'm literally I've yeah. got a headache thinking about it <laughs> <laughs> it was like that like it was nothing like we had ever seen before and yeah. I've been following Claire since her first stint on yes, The Bachelor same. yes yeah so that was like 2014 or something, yeah. something like that mm. and I really enjoyed her as a character Me she's too. really like tell it like it is yep. and she takes no bullshit from anyone yeah. and I do think she has like a really kind heart and yeah, I obviously well. mm. want what's best for her because yeah. <laughs> like, how, how old is she now is she like is she 39 I believe um, yeah. and that yeah. was kind of I mean I guess we'll talk about that maybe a little bit um, in a little bit but it was definitely a point that was em emphasized on the show um kind yeah. of her age and I guess like what you said I think she knows what she wants because she's reached 39 now and she's like look I want I want marriage I want babies I this is kind of what I've wanted all through my 30s she just hasn't got there so she was basically on a mission I feel she was yeah. like steamrolling through the season um her, her season of the bachelorette sorry um to to get that to get what she wanted but yeah she started off in um why have i forgotten his name um, juan pablo juan pablo Ugh. oh my god i think he was voted the most hated bachelor i'm pretty 100%. sure 100 percent. i mean there's yes. no competition it was <laughs> no. that season i mean it was it was so entertaining but it was a really good season but I don't know. how it was did you get through like the interview process and the selection process I don't know. So he actually was 
one of the first bachelors that we've ever had where they didn't pick them from like the top four obviously like in the first couple seasons of the bachelor they would pick randoms like through an audition process yeah but then they started just recycling yeah Mm. recycling and picking people from like the top four and he was off like episode like three or four but I guess like his social media presence and like people were just so obsessed with him and such vocal fans that they decided to roll the dice on Juan Pablo and it like obviously like blew up in their faces it really did (laughs) I think there was I guess in that like you said that was a while ago now um it must have been about six seven years ago it was quite quite a while there was a big point around diversity because he's not um I mean Juan Pablo's white but he is um Latin American I believe and I guess it was the first bachelor that was like an immigrant for example and yeah. you know non you know native to America so it was quite I, I I think they they tried in especially during that time I think where you know diversification wasn't a very I guess wasn't the main agenda or wasn't very high on a lot of, you know, TV producers agendas. Um, Then it was kind of seen as kind of like you said, I guess a bit of a break from the norm as, you know, English wasn't his first language. Yeah. But it did raise, I mean, I'm I'm going completely off topic here, but (laughs) we're just talking about another bachelor now, not Claire. Um, We'll get (laughs) onto that. But it did raise a lot of, I found it really interesting how, because a lot of the girls, I think Andy on that season was like, all you say is okay to me. Yeah. English wasn't his first language and he yeah. used that barrier as I kind know. of an ex- not an excuse but as in he was explaining I think in in on you know after the rose ceremony and after the show ended that you know sometimes he just it was a bit lost in translation there were totally. different customs from I think he was from Colombia than you know there were in America so it is it's interesting now I think viewed from a 2021 lens his season could be viewed maybe a bit more maybe sympathetically I don't know but I, I think it definitely yeah. you know that wasn't really taken into consideration at the time of filming sorry he was kind of seen as the villain of Bachelor Nation totally yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure of his like heritage because again it's been so many years been, since we you could tell I was obsessed because I just know yeah. all this like <laughs> off the top of my head I'm like oh my I god know. Pablo like spitting I facts <laughs> I love that it's like ingrained in your honestly, mind honestly <laughs> can't remember anything from school but I remember no, where no. Juan Pablo's from <laughs> totally. clearly my brain is wired a different way <laughs> <laughs> yeah I remember that obviously big, being a big plot point mm. being the first Latino bachelor and yeah yeah I think obviously it was like great to have someone yeah as Spanish is their first language and right. um learning about him living in Miami and stuff like I remember that being really interesting mm. I think that you're right like he used the phrase it's okay so often and I think Andy specifically found it really patronizing but yeah for sure it's it's so interesting because you're right maybe that is a cultural thing that we just like don't know or maybe Mm. yeah he was buffering for for time to like process or think and we kind of just like jumped down his throat (laughs) everyone did yeah she wrote a book called it's not okay like she fully (laughs) capitalize off off of that oh my god I didn't know this I'm like not a Juan Pablo fan at all like I I think like he's homophobic and yes obviously we weren't there so we don't know but you're right like sometimes when you're speaking a second language like you do need time to like process or you just use those buffer like yeah like 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 and and stuff like that so yeah I'm not sure what his like intent was by saying that but yeah Mm. no and he was awful to Claire he was like pretty pretty awful but yeah bringing it back to Claire I think that season I mean because she from what I remember um from that season they would kind of reported it wasn't shown the bachelor but they were reported to have like had sex in the sea or something yeah. and then the next day again off camera claire um said that he reportedly said oh i wouldn't want my daughter finding out about what i did it was like disgusting so basically you know making her feel super cheap yeah so, like you said i think definitely things that he did in his character were 
left a lot to be desired. But yeah, on that season, like you said, I think, you know, that was Claire's first foray into like Bachelor Nation, etc. Um she was super likable. I mean, and that speech at the end, you know, when she didn't get chosen, oh, she was like iconic. Yeah, it was literally iconic. It was like, I'd never want my children having a father like you. Like, and yes. I was like, yes, I was like clapping. And where it hurts is because obviously his like fatherhood was so important to him, yes. which it's so interesting because I love that we loved Claire yeah. during that season, but I feel like she like she came off as likable to me. I was like, she's a strong woman. She's not taking shit. Me too. Yeah. Um, from Juan Pablo, but I don't think she was necessarily liked by at least people here mm. in where I live. And, yeah. and I, I don't know. I just find it interesting that they. I still feel like tried to make Juan Pablo's edit mm. like the hero and the good bachelor yeah whereas nowadays i feel like they're like okay with throwing <laughs> their batch like their lead under the bus oh my like, god well that was seen you know like peter's season oh yeah that, oh peter weber oh he was oh my god it was awful i just, i couldn't even I, I didn't finish it because i was like Neither there was drama I. for the sake of drama it, it was just awful like he didn't know what he was doing um but yeah i guess well yeah like you said i think with claire and then she what I found really interesting was, I mean, everyone, you know, kind of what we touched upon at the start, basically fast forward to now um, or her time on her season of The Bachelorette when she got chosen, uh, she got engaged in, I think it was like three or four weeks. Um, but just yeah. to, I guess, bring it back a step, she did actually get engaged to, I think it was like a French guy or something. Yeah, Benoit. Yeah, he's French-Canadian. French-Canadian, that was it, on The Bachelorette Winter Games. Yes. If we look at the pattern of her behavior, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't quite like for Claire. I just, I was like, I'm, this isn't ideal, but am I shocked? No, it was like, I'm not shocked, but I'm disappointed. <laughs> I felt like a parent, you know, I was like, um, but yeah, for Claire, I, I just, I think it, it, it isn't completely out of character. I think she's a massive romantic, which is yeah. a problem sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. feel so bad for her because, yeah, we spoke about her age and mm. I wouldn't normally say this unless the woman is like explicitly stated that they want marriage or kids. But yeah. like she... it sucks like being older and having this like pressure on you, like from other people, but also on yourself, like yeah. to have a kid. And like if you just imagined like this isn't for everybody, but like mm. it seems like it for Claire that she just imagined she would have a kid and a I husband. Know. Maybe timelines change and stuff like that, but there is a point where you start getting up to your 40s and like there's just a lot of pressure and it, yeah. it's hard to change your plans. And I know that there's tons of other like there's surrogacy and adoption. There's tons of other it's options now for sure. Yeah, ways to be a parent, but like if you envision being pregnant and stuff like that, like I just yeah, feel married so bad as well. for her. Yeah. I'm married and yeah, I, I don't blame her for maybe rushing into things and stuff because I, I feel like I, I've been watching a lot of Sex in the City recently oh and I God, feel like... <laughs> that's my That's like getting me. I've watched the, all six seasons for... Yes. How many? I, I think I know each episode off by heart. Like I quote <laughs> yeah, you each. Yeah. just through lockdown. I just keep repeating them. It's like on a constant too. loop. Literally, me too. We're fine. Yeah, <laughs> like, great. We're, we're a match made in TV yeah. heaven, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> we'll have, we we need we're to start having well. watch parties. Yeah. Tick. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I just I feel like there's there's this talk of like, well, if you break up with someone in your 30s and you're like wanting to have kids and then you have to like restart. I feel like this is like a Charlotte storyline. And yeah. like, if you want to date someone for a handful of years before you get married and you're in your mid thirties, like it's starting to get stressful. So like, it's stressful I for me. It. Oh, no, I, me too. Well, I don't, I'm, I don't know how old you are actually. Um, are you, are you in your twenties? Yeah, I'm 28. Oh, 28. Cool. And I'm, um, I'm, I'm turning 25 in August. So 24 currently, nice. but it sounds really silly because yeah, when we're talking about age, you know, I know we're both in our 20s and we, we are young in the grand scheme of things. We're both, you know, both of that age. But I even get panicky sometimes. And <laughs> this is what, when you were talking about Claire, I was like, it's 
it's really relatable for a lot of women. Um, I think yeah. we, and I, I specify women because of the the baby factor, you know, we don't have forever. Our men can kind yeah. of, you know, they can perform and create a create a baby into their 80s technically yeah. you know so they've not got that kind of internal like ticking clock and again totally. like you said totally up to the person not every woman wants a child um or marriage or or both um which is completely fine you know i think respect to you know anyone that feels that way but i mean i do and i'm i guess i'm quite a tra like traditionalist in that respect and it you know, yeah like we said i think sometimes i just i get a bit swept up in timelines like what you were saying totally. about like charlotte's sex the city i'm like hold on i i wanted to get married at 28 and or by <laughs> yeah. 28 and so that means i need to meet someone in six months and three hours you know like i'm like oh my god i was like working it's like a math uh, equation in my mind totally. like, no, I have to date someone for a year and then do so you can get like whatever age you are i know totally. in particular for claire like we said she she is 39 she's you know i think biologically um has has slightly less time um than you know maybe at our stage in life but yeah you do you nonetheless i think whatever age you are if you want if you have them goals you do get that panic sometimes i mean i don't yeah. know if you've ever felt like that but yeah i i definitely have so i do get where claire's coming from yeah and it's it's really hard to let go of a timeline like yeah. I feel like with my career and like getting a master's degree and stuff like mm. that I've really been able to let go a lot of yeah broad now and under yeah get more of a perspective I think totally yeah. because timelines are great and like it's good to have goals but like yeah. they need to be flexible mm. but yeah the the one thing that it's really hard is is because you're working against like biology and stuff I was out for drinks pre-pandemic yeah <laughs> with two doctors um that are friends and I was like yeah like I'll have a kid at like 35 or whatever and they're like oh but you should like really be trying at like 33 or something like that oh um because like your chances go down and I'm like oh my god, like, oh my god. I'm losing my eggs Honestly, know, I've heard it my mom said the exact same thing it was really that's really weird she was like oh no I would start like maybe in maybe 30 I'm yeah like, yeah that's only yeah. five years away I'm not ready like I can't oh totally you don't want to so, hear stuff like that honestly Ugh. you don't you don't and I was like oh my god that's just so like that's just one thing that you can't adjust you can adjust no. your expectations for like everything else but yeah you're right yeah having a child like scientifically you know is, is kind of a non-negotiable <laughs> you know yeah you're yeah. right you can't you can't adjust that and yeah so i think like we were saying about claire i think i do get her point but i do find it interesting how i mean she's dated that we know of at least three men you know doing on tv yeah and i think you kind of need to look at yourself and you know even i do that i think I'm, I'm trying to kind of make a point of it more at my age but whatever kind of point you get to and you think okay well thinking about your goals, I guess, and, and thinking about maybe why you haven't reached them yet. It's kind of like an internal review. And I wonder if sometimes you have to look at the common denominator and is Claire kind of going for the wrong people? Yeah, maybe, maybe that is the case. I mean, I get being like kind of what you said, especially with Juan Pablo, um, or even like her first engagement at the Winter Games, I yeah. get being unlucky. But there comes to a point where you're kind of like, actually, am I kind of actively choosing the wrong guys because I think this is where my yeah. frustration came from with her season is that there were were there 12 guys or was, was it more it might, it might have been more I don't know how yeah, many maybe like six it was mm. it was like a fair few like a dozen or yeah something. yeah yeah, yeah um, I think it was smaller than normal because of, of COVID, they were really right? figuring out COVID stuff yeah. then but yeah that's a really good point like I also think yeah like the way that she's dating is interesting i wonder what her i like i just don't know what her like, like motivation was yeah, yeah yeah and i think it's also different for the bachelorette because they've had actually like a pretty good track record at least in the last like five or six years mm. generally the winner of the bachelorette like they've stayed together where the bachelor the record is like one person yeah, John Lowe yes Sean I remember yeah. him I like but it, yeah it's been it's definitely been more up and down I think the, yeah. ba the bachelor uh, yeah and and do you know what it was really interesting you said about kind of 
did she kind of check out the contestants? Because I think there was that big yeah. initial con- controversy or like rumours or whatnot um, about her looking at Dale's Instagram page, which she said she said they didn't message, but she looked and she liked what yeah. she saw. And I do, I get that to a certain extent, but it's a bit like, you know, it's a bit like online dating in that way where you kind of, you're going literally off pictures, first of all. So I don't, I don't really understand how she could find out his personality just by, you know, his Instagram. Cause I, you know, I had a look when he was on the show and he is very much like, you could tell he like, well, from my view, I think you can tell he liked being in the spotlight. He wanted to be yeah. famous. His picture yeah. was super posy and like, yeah. like, oh no, you can accidentally see my bicep. Or <laughs> yeah. back. It's, it just is, it depends on your type. Like that's not obviously like, that's not my type and that would turn me off if anything, but clearly, you know, Claire liked the look of Dale, which is fair enough. You know, he's he's objectively attractive. Um, but yeah, it's interesting how she kind of took that initial impression she got from his Instagram and literally ran with it. I mean, you know, she said when they first met, "I've just met my husband." Yeah, which was a suit like well, everyone in the production was apparently like, "Oh my god, what does she? Say? Is she serious?" And she totally. she what she clearly was. She was. You know, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I. <sighs> I think like Tricky. my gut feeling is that they did talk and that mm, it makes like, it seem yeah. a lot more realistic if they were talking for like literally three or four months yeah, um, before their like 12 day engagement or whatever. Literally. But if they didn't, I also kind of get it and <laughs> bear with me because oh, like, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't get their like quickness of the engagement, but right. I do see like, kind of like how we have celebrity crushes if we're just viewing what they're posting you kind of like idealize them and just kind of fill in your own blanks mm. with what you hope yeah and I could also just see like somebody for three or four months looking at their Instagram and then and then just filling in the blanks of what you projecting, wanted. Projecting, right? Projecting, exactly yeah. and so maybe she just jumped into it and mm. then maybe they started dating in real life and then it just yeah and she ran with it and they both ran with it yeah for sure in a way I I guess because I'm a romantic as well maybe not as much as Claire but definitely like (laughs) along the same lines so I, I do get partly yeah I get what you said because but in a way it almost well for me it kind of works against me in that I look at, you know, I'm chatting to someone online or I'm looking at their profile and, you know, I'm really attracted to them and we're getting on really well via text. But that almost like builds expectations more. And I do fill in the blanks. I'm kind of guilty of that. You know, I kind of think, oh, my God, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll post this as a couple and this is what we'll do together post, obviously, post quarantine and all that. Um, But, yeah, I definitely project, I think, like a future view of, of how we'll be together. But then, like I said, when you're kind of setting yourself up, even if something's I guess you don't really allow it to naturally develop and it's yeah. almost kind of better to have low expectations and then have a really great first date whereas yeah even recently happened to me I kind of was really getting on with this guy um online and whatsapping and he got my humor which was um, like for me you know main thing um like are oh, they fluent in like sarcasm because that's like mm. my second language and <laughs> etc so that was a massive tick and, it, and I was kind of really looking forward to this first date and it and it was fine. Like it wasn't a bad first date, but I think, I guess, like we said, I think you you kind of have such a high expectation that spark just wasn't there, and I felt so deflated. So yeah, it's kind of very similar to Claire, except I guess she almost had like a blinkered view, whereas yeah. where you don't see red flags, um, yeah. and you know Dale was. There were moments where you could tell, like Chris Harrison sat him down and was like right okay so you're basically gonna have to get engaged now that you've stayed you know they i don't know if they slept together but you know they stayed the night together and all the rest of the guys were like um where are claire and dale (laughs) hi like i'm still on this show you know um and dale's face you could just tell he was like oh my like i did not expect i i think he was kind of just thinking the process would go along totally so but i just feel claire would ignore any hesitation and totally you know keep going like you said kind of with her plan totally and maybe I sympathize with people that I just shouldn't sympathize no I do I I get it I'm just I'm probably just a bit more like I get it and I just think I react differently in that situation but yeah there would 
I I get Claire. I think she's so relatable totally. though. She's not perfect. Totally. And I think that's why we well, I guess people see even bits of themselves or even kind of why they hate her. Because I yeah. you know, we were talking about Sex and the City with like Carrie yeah. Bradshaw. She yeah. is a relatable character. Like she is not perfect. She's so annoying. But I'm no. like, have you not? Like, I've acted like a hot mess before. You know, we've all totally made the and mistakes. I, I want to watch characters that have multitudes and stuff because that's real life. Like the characters that have no flaws are not interesting. And, right. And like again, set people up for bad expectations. Like, yeah. like the fairy tale type of stuff that where you see no character flaws it's like that's unrealistic whereas like sex in the city obviously there's parts of it that's that's unrealistic oh yeah. <laughs> like, like carrie a surviving on a, <laughs> her money a one column yeah. one column a week living in an amazing apartment in new york i'm just like please i know this was the 90s but even so it's, carrie, yeah yeah it's i know, no, unrealistic. I totally get it. yeah but yeah like that claire is a realistic human like she's she's really relatable and yeah i i feel sympathetic to them because again like on my podcast and in real life i try to analyze reality tv yeah and like i just think that there's always so much more to the picture and i think every time i watch something i always just want to think like what is being shown what is not being shown mm -hmm. and what like what are they trying to tell us about this situation and and yeah I don't know just like think about it more and like I was even thinking with Dale because yeah you're right he just got swept up on it and swept up with it and yeah. then was like okay yeah I'll propose and I was just thinking it's like you go on the show kind of like Jed and I again from Hannah Brown season and Again, oh god Jed. not a not a jed sympathizer at all but like no you go on the show thinking you're like, one of how many you know 30 20, people yeah so you're like i i totally get what you mean and you you know you're not initially that invested because you'll what you'll be heartbroken if you are straight away you totally you, like you said you and kind of get more invested as the process evolves exactly and like i always if you have like normal self-esteem like i do it's like yeah. you're thinking like why would I be the one yeah, who picked? So and like, true. why would it be me? Like, I have to jump through so many hoops to be the one that's chosen and stuff. Yeah. So I just think that a lot of the contestants have that expectation, like probably Dale did. Mm -hmm. And then once you're taken away from your family and you can't talk to your friends and yeah. it's all really, really exciting. Um, and like, he probably thought, what harm is it like to get engaged if we continue dating? And then if it works out, awesome. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. So I also kind of sympathize with him. So I, I don't know. I'm mean. in a weird, I'm in a weird you're, spot. You're with on it. the fence. You're like, yeah, you're like, <laughs> yes. I, get, I get both sides. But I think the problem, what, well, for me, I mean, there's obviously been reports that he's been cheating in New York. Yeah, yeah. There's based in um, oh, where? Sacramento. Sacramento, which is that quite, I mean, again, I'm not like an expert on America. I mean, obviously I know yeah. about New York, but is Sacramento quite, is it quite, like, what's the vibe there? Is it is it a city? Is, it, is, is there a lot going on? It's a smaller community in, right. in Southern California. Okay. My my friends from Sacramento yeah. <laughs> or the Sacramento area, if they yeah. listen to this, they're going to kill me that I don't know more of it. <laughs> well, we'll have to invite your friend on. We'll have to do like phone <laughs> yeah. a friend. Hi. Just Honestly. Know about Sacramento. But yeah, Honestly. No, I, well, I only ask because I know, like like we said, he want, he's like a wannabe model and I think like television yeah. or something, which yeah. again, I think explains probably one of his motivations for going on The Bachelorette. Totally. Um, and you oh, probably yeah. caught me on like, a weird day that I'm feeling this kind but I really think like I really think like most people would go, go on. on it for that yeah, and then of course people are like if if all like if all two things work out I get the girl and I become famous amazing tick, tick, right yeah so I I just think yeah I do, know I do think he's fame hungry and I do think he was using this process but if we want to talk a little bit about their breakup and reconciliation For maybe sure. maybe people will change their minds i don't know yeah so what 
this is actually probably a good time to go on to it um before i continue further down the dale hate train you know <laughs> <laughs> um so i'm of well i thought i was upstate i know they just to fast forward a couple of weeks back you know they announced well dale announced kind of they split and like i said there were rumors that he was cheating on someone with new uh, in new york or a few girls or women while claire was living in um sacramento um but yeah so you've kind of <laughs> as the gossip queen that you are you know you <laughs> you've informed me that they they've reconciled or rumored to so yeah what what's going what's going on now what's what's the latest so almost like right before new year's Mm. they or dale like you said posted that they had split up and then a few days later claire uh posted that they had split up and basically alluded to that she didn't know that he was gonna yeah she was kind of blindsided by it was what she said yeah yeah and she just said i'm gonna lay low mm-hmm. um some of her bachelor friends were sending her like care packages and like yeah stuff like that like trying to support her and it seems like a a, a breakup that has no chance of getting back together no, i thought like, that yeah unfollowed his family and mm. and stuff like that i think she even unfollowed him and all of this stuff fast forward like six weeks later this this week uh photos are posted of them hanging out in florida oh so weird so i think he's based in the midwest okay and then spends a lot of time in new york i'm not sure where his like family's originally from yeah no i mean either but none of like not close to florida (laughs) yeah i was gonna say like where's florida come into this you know how random It's so random and people are speculating it's because the COVID restrictions are really loose there. So you can oh. enter the state probably without quarantining and right. um, like go spend to the time together, essentially. Totally. Right. Totally. How weird. So the paparazzi pictures were released, but they didn't post anything. But right. a few days later, um, they started posting pictures of like dinners and the same thing basically the same thing right in different angles and oh. so everyone's obviously putting two and two together how see so what do you in your opinion like what what's the motivation here like what I mean why why has Claire you know if these rumors are true because women are coming out and saying I che- I went on a date with Dale or I've been seeing Dale this whole time so there's quite like concrete evidence that he at the very least has been going on dates with women you know whether you count that whether claire counts that as cheating is up to her i guess and you know whether someone people i think have got their own boundaries as well and but i i just i wonder why she's kind of taken him back like she like you said she seemed very much done with it after you know he seemed to have really led that breakup um totally. with him like announcing the statements um oh sorry announcing his statement first and trying to get you know and, and like we said i think his character's come to light a bit more about him being very focused on his career or you know yeah. trying to be a bit more famous so yeah i wonder i wonder if it was you know i hate to say it but like maybe the age thing that we talked about and her real need or like her want to have a future and sooner rather than later and that fear of because we've all had it with breakups i think and uh, that fear of starting again it's kind of like oh my oh my god i've i have to get to know a whole new person all over again (laughs) like i felt like that recently and you're just kind of emotionally exhausted so yeah i didn't know i I don't know what your opinion is on kind of yeah i don't reconciliation i don't know i i do think for me at least them reconciling like shows that there was actually like a real relationship because honestly in the fall i was like this was 100 a sham i always think that at first until proven right? wrong i honestly every yes. reality tv i'm like this is set up yeah yes so especially after they broke up i was like so soon i was like this was 100 fake mm. from the get-go but then since they've reconciled i'm like maybe there was real feelings there and maybe they yeah are trying to work it yeah. out but yeah i don't know what either motivation is like no, if cool. is yeah. to like because he loves claire or is it because he wants to sustain his like influencer status mm. and yeah i have no i i truly have no idea no i know 
it, it did it, solidify to me that like this was probably a real relationship yeah which I was happy about <laughs> and I yeah and I think with Claire as well I, you know we kind of talked about her like motivations and stuff for joining the bachelorette yeah. etc um I, I, yeah, she doesn't strike me at least as like fame hungry. She's very, you know, she was a hairdresser. And I think even during like Juan Pablo's season, the Winter Games and this one, she's not done, you know, she's not been to like many red carpet events. She's literally been working, you know, as a hairdresser. So I think she literally got, she was like, do you know what? This is a great process to meet my fiance in, you know, 12 weeks normally, or, you know, however long the show kind of runs for. So I think that was definitely her main motivation for going on. And that maybe, you know, like I said, she's she's such a romantic and we've all been, well, I think me as well as like a fellow romantic, we kind of want to see the best in people. And when you've got that connection to someone, I think you're very keen to hold on to it if, if they kind of say the right things, you know, if he's kind of saying, oh, I'm sorry, like that I want to fix it and I want this future with you, you know, I want to get married and have children, blah, blah, blah. I think it's it's very easy for everyone to say why would she, why on earth would she get out of him? But yeah. taking all them things into consideration, I can I kind of get it as well. I'm, I don't think it's the right thing to do, but like you said, I mean these people are flawed, and like that's why we and everyone else kind of sees parts of themselves in in them. And yeah, I think I think it's a realistic outcome. I think a lot of people maybe would get back with their ex and have got back with you know I know loads of my friends totally. and I've done it as well. You know. Go, got back together with someone that maybe probably didn't treat you right and you know won't in the future as well but <laughs> yeah it's it's a yeah it's a really i think it's a really interesting situation and, and like you said i think on the outskirts a lot of people are like well i can't relate to like a bachelorette show but there are so many like we've discussed i guess like a lot of little takeaways and totally. and things that you know we relate to in our lives as well Totally. Yeah. And I wonder like if he was like, hey, like the fame got to me. Yeah. We're still in the middle of a pandemic. Things are stressful. Mm. Um, the US is obviously facing a lot of weird stuff with like the presidential election. Like True. this is when they would have been dating and yes. stuff. And just a, weird time. a lot is going on. Mm. Yeah, it's a weird time. Um so maybe he was just like, no, I, like it was stressful. I reached a breaking point and we split up, but like that was because of this, this and this. Yeah, like, I reflected I wanted... on it. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I made a mistake and like, I, yeah, you caught me on a really, I'm be, I feel like I'm yeah. being way too generous. No, this but, is like... great because I feel <laughs> yeah. we contrast a little bit. I'm definitely the harsher <laughs> yeah, one today. Yeah. So it's, it's good to have like Usually a... I am too. Like yeah. I think I was like a Dale hater for the last like no, you've six made, months. You've made but... me soften. Like I, yeah, I feel like yeah, I'm coming yeah. around. I'm like, oh, what good. romance. And normally yeah. I'm like, got my pitchfork out, you know, I'm like <laughs> totally, anti-Dale. Totally, totally, um, totally. No, no, I totally get it. I think it's interesting to see it from both sides because yeah, like... I think with anything, there's there's always two sides, and we only see like a snippet of their lives, um, and that's kind of the beauty of reality. That's why we tune in because it's like entertaining. But yes. you know, you see a one hour show, um, especially you know them kind of like we. I, I, I think you've got the USA versions, but we've got yeah. like Love Island over here. Like yes. we used to have Big Brother. I mean, when something's going out, especially every day or every a weekly show or every week, um, you're seeing an hour of how many hours? Like they've, they've totally. of seven days of one of one whole day and you're only seeing that's that particular particular part edited together for dramatic effect. Um so yeah, you have to take, I think, like you said, kind of everything with a pinch of salt, definitely. your kind of speciality and your podcast and mm -hmm. um, ready to ready to be petty is all about like pop culture so i thought we could um have a little chat about um the you know kind of free britney movement that's been going on i, I mean it's kind of been in the headlines for a while now as well it, i i know the new york times documentary came out a few weeks ago and um i was saying before we started recording but it landed this week in the uk yeah i watched it and like i said it's it, there's been a lot of coverage i think over the last few months but i i thought it'd be just good i suppose to have a little chat about how you know mental health of course it like raised a lot of questions about mental health in general and and how we as a society treat people especially i mean no one can deny like 
in 2000 and kind of that kind of time of like 2007, 2008, the, like celebrity gossip blogs, uh, like Paris Hilton, that was a massive thing. Paparazzi were a massive thing. And, you know, people were, I think they were saying like photos of Britney got each um got some photographers up to a million for like one image so it went absolutely crazy and i think it's so interesting if we you know i guess i'd just like to chat about how we view mental health today and and versus then and how we treated celebrities like lindsay lohan britney of course um which kind of obviously ties into the what the documentary touches on as well and paris hilton etc i mean there were so many examples of us uh, treating particularly women in such a like derogatory and negative light because they may have been suffering with like drug abuse or, or mental health issues. Um, yeah, and I just thought it'd be good just to have a little chat on your, on your thoughts on that and and kind yeah. of, yeah, how you view it, I guess, and how, how differently we view it now. Totally, well, yeah. I think like, I'm trying, I always, I love Britney Spears. Yeah, I do, <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> I love well, we her. kind of grew up with her, right? I mean, she totally. Yeah, she came out. I think, like, maybe one more time. She kind of start started on the scene like ninety nine six, and I was literally born then. So, um, yeah, it was. It's literally all through my childhood. Britney was massive. So, yeah, she's she like a huge. core part. Yeah, totally. Like, mm. she's one of the probably like an icon. Totally, one of yeah. the first celebrities I remember like knowing and yes. wanting to be as like and, a kid. Yeah, yeah, and just like loving, mm. and yeah, her impact is so profound on music and and yeah, people like us growing up in yeah. the nineties, two thousands. I think like for me, the shift with mental health and viewing that, like I, I can't quite recall what I thought obviously I feel like I was like oh my gosh like we were I'm kids so sorry well, we were yeah. fairly young yeah yeah no, for sure. yeah I, I would have been in like early high school yeah and I obviously was like oh my gosh like I feel so sorry for her like mm. what could have caused her to reach this point like I'm thinking of the shaving of the head yeah umbrella. well that was and the fact Everywhere. that they took photos of that as well I mean it's just it's such a vulnerable moment when she shaved her head and she I think she said like she didn't want anyone to touch her hair anymore which obviously I think it, well again we don't know because we're not Britney but um it I, I'm assuming it was to do with like the amount of fans that you know were constantly and and paparazzi as well like everyone wanted like excuse the pun because I know it's a song but like a piece of her and yeah. they were literally metaphorically but like well not literally they were metaphorically like tearing her apart in the press and you know people were grabbing her in the street and stuff like it was just in the scenes that were filmed I think and they were um part of the documentary and stuff they were just insane like the amount of attention and and I think people you know like really violating her privacy that the amount of that was off the scale you know she was along with kind of I guess what we were talking about like the the other it girls like Paris Hilton she was just there was so much attention on her you know of that time totally totally and like I can't even think of another celebrity that has been Mm. followed for as long as she has to the extent that she has true like I only can think of her like I know tons of celebrities like even like Justin Bieber and stuff, or yeah. like constantly followed by the paparazzi, and like he had a similar. Well, I was going to say he trajectory. didn't. Yeah, for sure, and he was or really he... he. I mean, he acted out a lot, and yes. it, it was slightly different because I know he obviously had mental health issues, um, which was you know most likely the the cause behind, um, you know he got like didn't he he got a pet monkey once and it was then quarantined because he literally brought it from another country and everyone was i mean quite rightly but they were like this is animal cruelty like this is disgusting and you know turned against him but no one was actually thinking oh why is it like this is obviously not normal behavior like (laughs) why is he doing this you know like let's look at the adults in this situation Uh, like yeah where were they team and his parents and and that's the same with britney like Mm. where were her parents or what were they doing because like it seems like her dad is like fucked up like for sure like so... now and well they was i think they said they said in the documentary her dad was basically an absent figure until yeah. this whole conservatorship kicked off and i was like well totally. how convenient you know and now he's totally though i think the point was or like her defense team um of of solicitors of lawyers um the point was he doesn't know her character so how on earth 
does he have the right to watch over her money, her estate, her person? So like herself, how he doesn't really know anything about her. So yeah, that, where's the connection there? You know, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's so sad. And mm. I think you brought up a good point earlier, just like her music, like the three songs that stick out to me yeah, is lucky which is like on right. one of her first albums talking about it's loneliness. so freaky yeah literally it's like a premonition it's yes insane. yeah and then um definitely peace of me oh, and overprotected <laughs> yeah like all of those songs really speak to kind of like what could have been going on in her life and like mm. I just feel so bad that it seems like there might have been some people that supported her stood up for her but like I wish there was more of a collective force that was like at the time this is wrong yeah Mm -hmm. at the time like people are rallying around her now Now. but like yeah it's it's like almost 15 years too late so it's really sad yeah and I think as well I guess because more exposure is obviously like put a light on it um and more exposure has has been put on this documentary well because of this documentary but i just i i mean no, i don't think the average person knows really what a conservatorship is um and i didn't really know i kind of just i i knew it was something to do with money i kind of thought oh her dad and whoever like his team whoever kind of helps him um sets an allowance for her or something and i guess this is and you kind of think that, well, I guess naively, but I was like, oh yeah, because she could, she's quite vulnerable in that position, but perhaps because of her mental capacity. Um, so for instance, I, I guess like, I think they were saying she's like vulnerable to fraud or like if someone comes along and, you know, she could like give her money to them. But also, um, so I get in theory how it works, but obviously like I didn't realize on this documentary, it was really taken to the extreme, like, there were handlers everywhere. She couldn't yeah. say something. And she was obviously scared to say, any, well, the wrong thing because doctors are watching and she wants, they kind of like dangled her sons over her, I think as well. And they were like, you're going to get your visitation rights taken away. And that was her main, I think, motive to sign up to this or agree to this conservatorship instead of fighting it. Yeah. So, yeah, it was super complex, which, yeah, like I said, I think people didn't know what you said in 2007 I mean not much was known about that and it's really archaic like it I think beyond the free Britney movement there should be surely um, and I think this is what more people are kind of gain like gaining exposure to and 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 now advocating for there should be like a complete overhaul of the mental health um law or mental health laws in America in particular um because it just seemed like how how can you like Britney was on the X Factor like fairly recently and doing her Las Vegas appearances. How can she be mentally well enough to do that and not, you know, look after her money, for instance? And totally. It doesn't make any sense, honestly. Totally. Yeah. And I have a degree in psychology. Oh, cool. <laughs> just drop that now. You're yeah, like, oh, by yeah. the way, I mean, I've just been ranting on and you're like, oh, by the way, I've got um, a no, degree. No, no. <laughs> Shereen, you're talking absolute <laughs> crap. <laughs> no, everything you're saying is true. It's just an undergraduate degree. It's, it's oh, nothing. Still- oh, that's good. Special. Don't downplay it. <laughs> but, well, well, I like- did law. So hold on. We can. Okay. Oh God, I is, love this. This is like a match mode in heaven. Yes, because I took one <laughs> psychology and law class, oh. which I think just it just showed to me. So this would have been back in, let's also preface this, this would have been in like 2013. But yeah. Not like, that long ago. Well, I tell myself that for my yeah, insanity yeah, as well. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> where's the time gone? But yeah. <laughs> Honestly. But like, I think the biggest takeaway that I got from that course was just like that the law's don't support any any really um person with any mental health challenges or or any other social identity that um can be difficult to navigate really and that they take forever to change and they just don't support people the systems don't support people and I think that that's like another huge thing that I think is changing in the mental health world nowadays is like we used to just think like oh it's the individual like they have the mental health issue but Mm. then I think more recently we think of 
them in a system like collect as a collective totally so like there's just so many things that contribute to mental health issues like yeah it's not just the person themselves and like what's going on in their mind but Mm. it's like think about all the barriers to supports for people like of different races and genders and sexual orientations etc and just thinking about yeah the additional stress that those people hold and um the different so societal um how that has an impact on them totally and I think that that's just a way better way to look at mental health issues is like looking at yeah the individual for sure but also the individual in our larger systems like systems like the judicial system that doesn't support them or Mm -hmm. um healthcare that doesn't support them or like whatever that may be so I think that that's another huge thing is like when I first saw Brittany and kind of that in her crisis like I was like oh that's so sad for her but and like I could kind of see the factors that maybe drove her there but but when you think of normal people that aren't famous like it's similar there's similar things like obviously fame and lots of money and stuff are not not the factors for us I wish they were my problem you know fame (laughs) lots of money (laughs) would be great (laughs) there's other things that contribute like it's not just sure because of the individual no exactly and yeah like you said it's wider and I think this has really drawn a or you know given a a light to people or it's made me think anyway like say if some with mental mental health issues they don't always have a a team of expensive lawyers at their disposal and I think we were saying before we started recording but like I know with kind of a conservatorship um it's quite a well obviously when someone's kind of got control over you as a person but your estate I mean it's I think primarily found with people you know that that have quite a large income at their disposal or kind of has quite a lot of at least assets like money tied up in different assets so yes it's not that because the particular issue isn't probably relatable or directly applicable to a lot of people with mental health problems but yeah like you said I think it goes way wider than that and kind of and I guess that's what I said at the start kind of how we view people and particular I think there's there's a lot of kind of focus now on on men as well not you know because kind of speaking up a little bit about their feelings but back in kind of 2007 um which like you said is when Britney shaved her head and there was so much paparazzi coverage I just think I think luckily like the narrative is shifting now and because I used to look at when you hear about kind of oh like Lindsay Lohan's when um she was she was like we were talking about icons and stuff growing up Lindsay Lohan was literally my favorite actress (laughs) like Freaky Friday Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen yes I I love even her be fully loaded honestly i was like on board. Yes. i was like at the <laughs> cinema like i'm watching that I, I love yeah. it I, I loved her and then she started getting like this coverage in more adult magazines as opposed to like teenage magazines that i was kind of or kids magazines that i was reading at the time and i was like oh my god she's gone off the rails because that's what i mean as, totally. a, as a kid you're like super impressionable aren't you so totally i was just kind of believing what the paparazzi did but you don't think what's the reason you know i, I think now i realize like her dad had a, a lot of issues with drugs and alcohol when she grew up in like a, a, a household with domestic violence so it yeah. totally made i feel if her issues happen now she would still have a career if that makes sense. but but she's totally like no one wanted to work with her everyone was like no i'm not doing it like she's super unprofessional but like, look at De- like if we compare it to like demi lovato who's had about three document which i'm not saying is a bad thing but she's had a few documentaries about her drug abuse in the you know in the past and I think she OD'd um, like yeah. last year. It was like fairly recently, maybe the year before. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's seen in a much more sympathetic light, whereas I feel, totally. yeah, it, you know, the difference is is quite a lot. Yeah, you're totally right. Like when I was growing up, I'd be like, oh my God, she's yeah. so crazy. Yeah. She, like and people she's said gone that, off like, the rails. In everyday language, you know, they were like, oh yes. my God, you're crazy. Yeah, you just can't you can't say that now you know it's it's a lot more totally cor- like and quite rightly but it's a lot more sen- people are more sensitive to mental health issues totally and you would just be like oh it's it's them being a, like a bad person like yeah. you're 
you're crazy, you're insane, you're nuts. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not like that, etc. Mm. And then, yeah, you're totally right also about the shift, which is a good thing that Definitely. we can see how stars with similar um, like addiction like issues, etc. Right. Yeah, are are treated more sympathetically, which is sure. which is great. But yeah, it does suck for for these pop stars in the early two thousands because mm. th- this social commentary would also just contribute to feeling probably hopeless and shameful. And shame yeah. is like the worst thing you can have when it comes to a mental health issue because it stops you from seeking supports and seeking friends and makes you feel worse about yourself so yeah like I just think that yeah the social commentary would have just doubled down Mm. on the the things that were happening so yeah yeah, it is good that we yeah like that Demi Lovato can still work right for example and like the mindset the mindsets and people's mindsets are shifting as well right totally totally mm. and yeah you're right like shifting is a good word to say because it's yeah. definitely not shifted right but... no 100 i mean there's still like a lot it's with you know issues with diversity etc there's a long way to go but we're making the right steps it's just we need to keep making them you know I, but it's also one of the things i'm like is it ever completed you know i feel like there's yeah. always going to be something more to do um but as long as we're actually like striving towards that that's that's the main thing but yeah it was when you were just talking there it just reminded me of kind of changing attitudes among my friends and and i think we're quite lucky to be to still be like fairly young um and and i think kids today still go through like loads of problems i'm not like negating that and there's there's also a whole new host of problems now with kind of like pronouns for instance i mean that wasn't a thing even when i was growing up you know like referring to people in the correct way like he slash she like you know and navigating that and so yeah i do think they've got kind of younger people now have have different problems to maybe how we kind of or what the problems we have but yeah i think like in regard to mental health like i feel super comfortable with talking to my friends like i've just started well i haven't done but i started therapy last year and i'm nice. really open about it and i but i feel like even if you know a few years ago you just you just wouldn't tell people you wouldn't even maybe look for help you know you just think oh my god therapists are for crazy people like what we said totally. with that word but now totally. like there's so many reasons that it's online and it's yeah. so accessible to everyone and I just feel from my point of view, yeah, you can just, it's kind of fairly normalized, which is great, you know? And so even applying that kind of social media and um, press commentary, when it, it, it all trickles down to real life, it really does. So, and, and affects like how you talk about mental health issues with your friends, with your family, et cetera, and like your personal relationships. Um, so yeah, I can definitely, I think for me, yeah, personally, I can, I can see a difference. Yeah, even yeah. speaking with younger students, I work at a university here in oh, Canada. Cool. So when I talk to like 17 and 18 year olds, um, yeah, you're you're right that they just have so much of a different story <laughs> than we like than we yeah. had growing up. Like they just they're so much more accepting of things than yeah. our generation and um and can just treat people with respect and just way kinder. And Mm. I'm so happy to see that. And it really shows that you can raise people to be like good citizens and stuff like that, that don't, that don't have these biases and preconceptions as well. Right. Like Mm. even just the speaking to the like Gen Z people. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. I'm literally, I'm see, I'm not a millennial. I was born in 1996. I'm not a millennial. I'm not a Gen Z. I'm like too young to be a millennial, too old to be a Gen Z. You're I'm right literally just that awkward person in the corner of a party. <laughs> I'm like, guys, where do I, what group do I join? You know? Um, but yeah, no, That's I, so I totally get you. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm they the just, cusp. they just have such a, a better understanding yeah. than like we ever did. And, and I'm happy for them mm. about that. And yeah, that they can, view celebrities more compassionately because you're totally right like 
like going back to Justin Bieber or like yeah. people that acted out at like celebrities that acted or Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus. I was just going to say, that's a really good example. Mm. Like we were like, oh my God, Justin Bieber is such an asshole. What a dick. Like yeah. he's doing all these things. Miley Cyrus, what a slut. Like I can't yeah. believe she's doing all these things. And it's like, again, did any of us take a moment to like, just think about, um, yeah, what was going on behind the scenes or Right. Yeah, what was like the root cause of yeah. some of these things? Like exactly. The slut shaming thing is like that's a whole nother can of worms that maybe that's we can whole, talk about. Yeah, that's a whole <laughs> nother podcast. Time. Yeah, oh my god, but, we'll be another three hours at this rate. Yes, <laughs> yes. But like some of these things, like I think we're just so quick to judge. And like me mm. as a person that has a celebrity gossip podcast I feel like I have like a responsibility to like it's so much fun talking shit but like there are some things that I just would never talk about or like would never pick apart about people yeah like there's so much so much fun stuff that you can talk shit about I always think isn't harmful yeah why do you need to it's like the whole um a lot of people like make fun of Britney Spears's Instagram videos because they're a little bit the only way I can describe it is they're they're just a bit off um that you know I feel I can relate to I don't think I'm super sensitive but that's just for me I just why like you said there is so much (laughs) funny content on the internet why do we have to make fun of a you know potentially like mentally ill or you know in some ways there's so much other content to talk about and make and totally. laugh at but totally. yeah you don't have to resort to that i totally agree yeah and i mm. think the real interesting part about celebrities obviously it's fun for just like superficial lighthearted yeah of course it's just, like a distraction right yeah oh yeah like especially in the past year right it's just, like i've needed like yeah. this getaway um, yeah and escapism but yeah they're to a limit just, mm. there's always just two sides to the story and I think that's like the same with the Dale stuff like and yeah. Dale and Claire like we we just don't know the real picture and we just see headlines or a snapshot picture or whatever and yeah ex- I totally agree and that's what we, we can apply know. yeah and I think that's something that we can apply to real life and real people it's like oh actually they've written this tweet or they've posted this picture but you know instead of judging like what are they actually going through you know or like if they're one of my friends or even if I know of them I always you know something doesn't it's maybe not in their character like I always drop a little message not and again in a very like non-judgmental way just like oh are you good like how are you and they can reply if they want you know it's not too kind of invasive um but it just kind of lets people know that you know I'm here to chat and I think that's yeah exactly I think what you said about celebrities it's such a good insight how we talk about them and how we view them is such a good insight into how we are as a society today and our like changing attitudes so i think yeah. it was yeah it's really interesting to talk about definitely could talk for hours on it but yeah for sure me too, me too. Yeah, yeah i love that you said that because you're totally right like if someone lashes out at you like obviously my first thought is like what a dick or whatever oh my god of course <laughs> my second thought is like what's going on because right. this isn't their norm so like what's going on behind the scenes mm. and maybe something is going on so yeah i I like that message of just like extending a little bit more sympathy and yeah a bit of an olive branch you know yeah Mm. yeah and seeing what's going on obviously if it's like repeated and like well like there's there's different there's levels right there's levels but if it's like out of the ordinary like my first gut reaction is usually like oh my god but my second one that I'm trying to like foster is just like what is like what is up because what's up especially exactly. now nowadays oh my so. god well what like everyone's going through something i think in this pandemic that's something i've realized and i mean some people you can't force people into talking about it and like for instance i'm a very open person with like i guess i touched on my mental health etc but i realize that not everyone's like me you know not everyone wants to talk mm. about counseling or therapy or what or, or you know i'm feeling so if i'm feeling really depressed in one week i can say that but not everyone totally. wants to verbalize that and everyone as long as i think they know or my friends know my family blah, blah blah know that i'm there for them that's that's all i can do you know that's my kind of role so i think yeah just getting that across to people in a non-pushy and judgmental way is key really 
I love that. Yeah. I love that. And yeah. And you sharing about therapy. Like I also see a counselor and yeah, it's, it's been probably two years now. And yeah, just even us sharing that might encourage people to talk about it more or, mm. or seek their own so- type of support. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're right. Not everyone wants to talk about it, but if we are role modeling that or whatever, yeah, yeah it might open the doors for other people. So yeah, for sure. Fingers crossed. But yeah. Um <laughs> but yeah, well, I will draw to a close um there. I think I we've I mean we've been all right. We've talked about Daryl, <laughs> we've talked about cheating, we've talked about mental health. I mean, we have covered all all topics, I think. <laughs> but yeah, I could I think like I said before, I could literally chat for hours on this but um so we'll have to do a part two i think well for sure that would be great um but yeah oh thank you tori for coming on it's been so fun honestly and yeah i've loved chatting to you so just for anyone listening um definitely check out tori's podcast ready to be petty i think it's available everywhere right like spotify apple music etc yes um and yeah so um it's great and it's basically more of this essentially but just you know just (laughs) weekly or on a more regular basis um so yeah thanks so much tori for coming on it's been so fun thanks for having me no problem